You're listening to The Art of KCF. This essay is called On Permission and Freedom and was released as part of the Art of KCF newsletter, issue number 64, sent to email subscribers on February 28, 2023. I was never permitted to spend the night at the Coronado Club swimming team lock-in. But oh, how I longed to spend the night with my teammates. Nor was I allowed to experience the lock-ins associated with summer Bible camp. And though not as cool as my swim team mates, still an experience that I felt I was missing out on. It probably wasn't until I was a senior in high school that my mom finally allowed me to spend the night at my best friend's home, seven years after meeting her parents. It's not like I wasn't allowed out of the house, or that my friends couldn't spend the night at our place, but to be granted a pass for the night out was a very rare occasion. So many of my tween and teen fights with my mama, in addition to what clothes I wanted to wear on my body, were about my desire to spend the night elsewhere, only to be granted until about 10.30 or 11 o'clock at night, if I was lucky, when dad would be sent to fetch me and bring me back home after the nightly local news. I was chatting with my hermana last week about understanding this impulse, now that I tend to get horizontal around 8 p.m., imagining having to get out of my comfy, warm home to go pick up an adolescent past my bedtime gives me the shudders. That I am now the age my parents were when I was 18 has brought with it plenty of compassion for them. And the wounded child within still harbors some deep rage at her perception of being trapped, contained, not allowed the room to experience what others did. Fear of missing out before FOMO, as an acronym, even existed. As a younger person, I remember the hot shame of having to leave the party early. Not only was I leaving the party typically right when things started to really get going, But before I could drive myself and finagle a car out of the garage, I had the extra layer of having my parents come take me away. As a young person is oft known for seeing themselves as center of the universe, I used to spend the agonizingly long drive home with a parent behind the wheel, ruminating on what those who were able to keep partying thought of me. What a loser, they must have thought. Why even invite her if she can't even stay for the fun stuff? In hindsight, I'm pretty certain my mama was right. No one's gonna care. Though, even recognizing that now feels like I wasted so many good years of angst. I now know that this attention on my whereabouts was its own form of care. Mama would tell me she couldn't sleep if any of us were not under her roof. Again, as a person cohabitating, I get the impulse. As my anxiety also manifests as a deep desire to control everything within my power to do so. Perhaps it is this season of my life that has me reflecting on how I often feel a deep need for some kind of external permission in order to do what it is that I'm trying to do. I'm currently finding myself between projects, about to begin the painting era on some new things, anxiously waiting on applications for funding, employment, and projects that could shift my daily trajectory, while embarking on some new experiences once spring springs. It is not only the missed-out slumber parties of decades ago weighing me down, but as an elder millennial, I'm recognizing my social conditioning has been rife with the heavy sense of surveillance. 
either from external or internal sources. Not only am I the firstborn daughter in my family of origin, but I also came of age in the era of Nancy Reagan's D.A.R.E. program and grew up Catholic. There were so many messages about what I should and shouldn't do governing my reality, in addition to the overarching societal scripts on who I should be in the body I was born into. It really is no wonder how much I've had to overcome in terms of the doubt, guilt, and worry involved with navigating a world with clear guardrails on appropriate versus so-called inappropriate behavior. And now, having freed myself from the cycle of academia, that is a system completely structured on external validation. Think grades, passing slash failing, achieving tenure and climbing ranks. And as an adult with adult responsibilities, I am the one ultimately granting myself permission to do or try things. In the case of creating art, this has become a tricky entanglement. First, overcoming the initial resistance of wondering if I could even be an artist required such a leap of faith and reconditioning of my thinking that I truly marvel at my personal transformation. Having overcome this limited belief I once held about myself, I now find my struggle to be a daily one, in which I'm constantly asking, can I do that? Or is that even allowed? Some of this worry, I'm sure, is rooted in my mostly self-taught positionality, that I didn't earn a terminal degree in painting, gives me pause on having what I suppose would be a more inherent feeling of permission to do what I do, though even with a terminal interdisciplinary degree, I know I'd be, am, <laughs> equally burdened by what is or is not allowed. Even leaving academia sometimes feels like something I wasn't allowed to do. Not so much in the actual act of departure, clearly, because I'm no longer on the payroll, but in the sense of disappointing others. I guess little me's concern over the slumber party friend's judgment mirrors the flavor of dismay of my colleagues I left behind. What heartens me as I continue to explore this part of me that seeks permission, validation, acceptance in my creative practice is that while those deep concerns sit atop my shoulders, I still forge on, often through much deliberation, angst, worry, rumination, negotiation. But I do the thing even when it's difficult. Recently working on a painting that is a new process for me, I was faced with so many moments at which I was unsure if I could do what I wanted to do. Part of this is liberatory in the studio. One of my favorite parts of being an artist is the problem-solving element. Much of studio practice is living the edict. Where there's a will, there's a way, in terms of thinking up something that I then would like to execute in the material realm. Can I do that? Has a different ring to it in my studio practice. No longer bound to an external validator providing the proper permits, but rather a question inspiring one to figure it out. Can I make a quilted painting? Can I better integrate my elements of fabric arts with my painted marks? Can I find the right way through the sewing that doesn't wreck my hand? Can I be skilled enough to marry my content and form? I'm struck by this shift in myself because it feels like an important healing moment. Can I do that in the safety of my studio is met with, if you want to try, sure. What a beautiful response instead of no or I don't think so. It's up to me to try and see what comes of it. 
That freedom has been meeting me in the pause between my call and response. Can I? Of course. I'm not saying it's always smooth sailing during the try-to-find-out phase. But what I can say is even in the worst thralls of doubt, trepidation, worry, fretting, on if the painting is going to come out the way I want it to, that feeling is nothing like the pit-in-my-stomach worry of seeking permission from others. The can-I question is my freedom portal. The should-I question, on the other hand, remains my anxiety's home. Today, my most difficult can-I questions are around new ways of being. Can I make work that doesn't have a show due date? Can I make a living from my paintings? Can I sell out a series? Can I pull an all-nighter if I want to? Can I find joy on my life path? Can I make meaning out of this time I have here, in my studio and beyond? Can I find new ways to define success for myself? Can I live in such a way as to not disappoint myself? I think the answer to these questions are yes with caveats, like if I keep painting, if I feel called, if I can pay attention, if I can stay open, if I can remain adaptable, loosen up my need to control, or no, I know I can. Now it's a matter of will, which thankfully for me, I've also been gifted in droves. My tenacity, my endurance, my willingness to see something, most things I start to the end. It's my double-edged character trait of fortune and flaw. I know I can, because I have and I will. These are the gifts also granted by being queer, being out, unapologetic, and loud about it, pushing against the edges of conformity, gnawing at the forces that require us to show up in the ways we are supposedly supposed to. Been ruminating on this permission thing, because transgender and queer folks are currently enduring record-breaking legislative efforts to deny our ability to access gender-affirming medical care, to dress our bodies, and perform and entertain others through the art form of drag, to simply exist and be. Having lost the cultural battle of whether or not trans folk can exist, conservative politicians in the U.S. have shifted towards a stance that they should not be allowed. They should not be permitted. What ridiculousness this is because we will continue to exist and push the boundaries and seek freedom in all the ways it's purported to exist for us and beyond the ways that it has been denied. Under these conditions, my meager can-I in the studio feels like such low stakes, though my struggles are your struggles, because, as a good painter friend told me last week, quote, we're all one and shit. Drag bands affect all of us because we are all in drag, all the time when we are clothed. And once we come to that recognition, the freer we will all be on this planet we're sharing. Perhaps this is the 21st century dilemma of our times, an era in which it's possible for us to have as much freedom as can be conceived, and constant pressures from within and from those with power to attempt to curtail it. We don't need permission to exist. We already are here. We don't need permission to create. We're already doing that. I've got to get to some other tasks within and beyond my studio, so I will simply leave us with this. Can I? Si. Se puede. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Art of KCF. 
The Art of KCF is created, written, produced, and edited by me, Candice Creel Falcon, with musical additions by Mountaineer via Upbeat. For a full transcript of the audio, plus all the features of my newsletter, like book reviews, creative links that inspire me, and an update on what's happening in my studio, be sure to find me through the link in the show notes. Till next time, may the joy of creative inquiry guide your path.